folks. Welcome to a bonus episode of Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff. This time, it's just going to be me, Christopher, talking to you about some things that have been on my mind lately. I'm sitting in my car out front of, um, of a therapy place waiting on my son to come out and thought I'd hop on here and record some things that uh, I've been thinking about, things I've been going through. I hope that Hope maybe some of this resonates with you. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. You know, on our podcast, we talk a lot about deconstruction and reconstruction. And my impression of deconstruction, which I know I've gone through, um, I, I'm, I've certainly gone through deconstruction, And but my impression of that is that you kind of, um, you deconstruct the belief systems that you had growing up. But primarily it's about the beliefs and and then you know so so you basically say all right this this belief x y or z i no longer believe and but some some things that, that i grew up believing maybe i do still believe but these other things i don't believe anymore i mean some examples of things that i used to believe that i no longer believe would be that there is a literal eternal hell where god sends people who don't become a christian to burn for eternity I don't believe that for sure. Another thing is penal substitutionary atonement, which states that Jesus died on the cross as a substitute penalty for my sins and bore the wrath of God in, in my place. I don't believe that anymore either. The whole deal is basically you shed certain beliefs that you no longer believe. But nobody ever talks about going all the way down kind of to the bottom and shedding your belief in a God. So what happens if you actually get to the bottom of all your deconstruction and you finally are left with not even a belief in God? And that's kind of where I've found myself recently, kind of really over the last one year. Um, about a year ago, my wife and I suffered through a really excruciatingly difficult situation with our church in which we were um, essentially called on the carpet for some doctrines that, well, it was primarily me that I, I was called on the carpet, and my wife kind of came along for the ride, but I was called on the carpet for some things that I was saying on Facebook about, about Jesus's crucifixion and salvation and forgiveness. And so we were brought in, and the church we were going to, um, it has priests, and the priests told us, you know, that that was, those beliefs were not orthodox, and therefore we needed to either you know, we needed to either shape up or ship out. That's kind of the, that's kind of the gist we got. And due to some other things happening in our family at the time, and the pandemic, which everyone was going through, we couldn't deal with that situation right then. I wasn't going to change my beliefs because I had already thought through them many times and was pretty sure of what I believed. And so we essentially just told the priests, "We're we're not coming back. We're not going to deal with this right now. We're not going to." talk about this with you. We're not going to have discussions or instruction to learn what the orthodox beliefs are. We're just done. And we walked away. And so I think that is one thing that kind of started pushing me down this road. I had already been deconstructing for at least a few years prior to that. But I think that experience, and then later in 2020, the complete mess of an election in our United States of America, and, and the fact that 
the evangelical church just completely ignored any semblance of following Jesus and wholeheartedly embraced everything about Donald Trump. That also made me very disillusioned. And I just got to the point finally that I really, really doubted and wondered that there was even a God. And you know, I think I think the God that I was doubting existed was the God that I was given growing up. I was raised in an evangelical church, and my parents brought me to church from nine months before I was born. And so that was always part of my life from the minute I set foot on this earth. But I was given this faith, you know, this was the faith that I was told is the true faith, the one true faith, and this is the God that we have to believe in. These are the doctrines that we believe. And I never questioned it. I was never a questioner. I just took it. And if authority figures told me that's what needed to be believed, then I believed it. But, you know, now I would I would look back and I would call that God that I was given and told to believe in, I would call that the Alpha God or the Omni God, omniscient, omnipresent, all the omnis, and, you know, omnipotent, all those things. The big man in the sky, so to speak. And I think that is the God that I started to doubt. And a lot of people would say, of course, that's not the real true God. Well, but if you've only lived in that world, that is the only God you know. And so if you start to doubt that, that's that's really scary. I was really kind of, I was really upset about that for quite a while because I wasn't scared of punishment because I had already shed that belief in hell. So I knew there wasn't anything that I was going to be punished eternally for. But as I mentioned, that God was always part of my life growing up, and I always had that foundation upon which to stand, and I always had that higher purpose of my life. And then the rug was pulled out from under, under me. I, I didn't believe that in that God anymore, and I wasn't sure what I believed in or if I believed in a God anymore at all. That's kind of scary when you realize that you don't have that foundation or that higher purpose that you depended on for so long. But there was still something that kept drawing me back to the idea that there has got to be something. Because I think I've experienced that God at some point in my life, on, on more than one occasion, really. So I'm not ready to say that there's nothing. But I was pretty sure and pretty ready to say that that God that I grew up believing, and the God of most, probably most Americans, regardless of their denominational background, believe in. That God is dead, and, and, and rightly so. And I would say, good riddance to that God. That God needs to die. And if, if that's the God that leads people to embrace someone like Donald Trump for president and completely turned a blind eye to every one of his shenanigans, and at the same time say that they're a Christian, if that God leads that to that, then that God needs to die. For me, that God did die. You know, I, I, people people give Nietzsche a bad time because of the 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 thing he said. He said God is dead. You know, and I think you know he he was an atheist, but I really believe he was talking about this God, this Alpha God, this Omni God who is up there in the sky controlling everything or not, depending on what you believe. And you know, if that God stood idly by while millions of Jews were slaughtered during the Holocaust, then that God needs to die and should have died and probably died right there in Auschwitz because 
if that God stood idly by while all that happened, then that that is not a God I want to follow, and certainly not worship. So that God's dead, and then I started to think, well, what's left? What is God then, if not that? And I started to just simply take the verse from 1 John chapter 4, I can't remember exactly what verse it is, but it's, you know, simply says God is love. And I know from my mathematics background, when you have A equals B, you can also say B equals A, and it's the same thing. So if God is love, then love is God. That's not to say, that verse is not saying that God is loving. The verb, it, it's, it's, a, it's not a, a it's not a, an adjective, it's a noun. God is love. So when you see someone loving in any way, form, or fashion, someone else or something, then what you see is God. And I, I recently discovered a an Irish uh, philosopher named Richard Kearney who wrote a book called Anatheism, Returning to God After God. And so this, this word anatheism, it's got this prefix ana, which is from the Greek returning to or again, um, kind of it's 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 a it's a coming back over and over and so it, it essentially states that it's this returning to god after the god that you knew has died but the god that you return to is not the same god that you used to believe in god presents god's self in a new way and that god has presented itself in a new way to me i would say now god is love God is fidelity. God is light. God is mercy. God is grace. All of these things. And I think it's pretty clear from the teachings of the Bible in the Old and the New Testaments that God is seen most clearly when we extend an open hand of hospitality to our neighbors, to the stranger even, and our enemy. The story in the in the Gospels of the road to Emmaus is a a great example of this. The two men were walking away from Jerusalem after Jesus had been crucified, and they were dejected, I'm sure, because the God that they thought they knew, who was going to come and save them from the oppression of the Romans, had just been killed. Or at least the person they thought was going to save them had just been killed. And so they were really dejected and probably depressed because the God they thought they knew had not come through for them. So they're walking along, talking about it, and this stranger shows up and starts walking alongside them. And they talk to this person, you know, this person apparently, you know, according to the story, did not know what had just happened in Jerusalem, so they talked about what had just happened. And they talked to him all the way down to Emmaus, and they said, please come in and have dinner with us, stay with us for the night. And so this stranger did. And as they were extending hospitality to that stranger over a meal, and breaking bread together, that's when their eyes were opened and they saw Jesus in the face of the stranger. Now, I don't think that this means that they just had amnesia and they had forgotten already within, you know, a few days of what Jesus' face looked like. And then all of a sudden, they remembered what Jesus looked like when they were eating dinner. What I think this story tells us is that this was a stranger. This was not Jesus of Nazareth. This was a stranger who they had never met before, but they somehow, when they were extending hospitality to the stranger, their eyes were opened, and in a mystical way, they saw Christ. They saw God. And that is what happens when we 
extend our hand to the stranger and to a neighbor and even to the enemy. We see God. So I'm, I'm kind of in this place now where God to me is, is simply love. Love of others, especially those who are not like me. And, and that's, that's the hardest part. You know, I, I don't, I don't mean that it's easy. So I wonder if, you know, if any of you have had the same experience of, of coming to doubt God. You know, I think it was Dostoevsky who said something about his faith was birthed in the crucible of doubt. And that is so fitting to what I have experienced. Doubt has been a very close friend to me over the last year, especially, and really beyond that. But I think without doubt, we can never come to the place where we get closer to the true essence of who God is. And, you know, if, 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 if you're given a faith when you grow up and you're given a belief system, especially in the United States, it will, you know, most likely be an evangelical Christianity or mainline Protestant Christianity. If, you, if you're given that and then for the rest of you, your life, you just say... This is what it is. There's no, there's no doubts in my mind that this is what it is, and I'm, I'm certain of this fact. You, you have a belief system that may work for you, and I'm not saying that it doesn't work for you right now. But I'm not. I, what I'm saying is that there is more to God than what you have been told. As a matter of fact, there's probably a whole lot less to God than what you have been told. So, anyway, I, I hope that, that there are some people who have experience this, and I don't feel like I'm the only one, um, but if you have had any, if this resonates with you in, in any way, and if you've had any experience like this that you would, would like to talk to me about or um, share with us, please reach, reach out to us. I, we really want to find new ways to connect with our listeners. Um, I know people are listening because I can see the stats, but I don't know who you are, and I want to know who you are. So you can reach out to me through my website, steppingstoneslife.com or you can reach out to Maggie um, on her website and uh, both of them are in the show notes. Please reach out. Let us know if this resonated with you or if it made you mad, whatever the case is. We want to hear from you. We'll have another episode coming out soon and then I think maybe after that we'll have a a couple of episodes at least uh, about spiral dynamics which was really interesting. That was a really fun podcast to record. So anyway, we love you. Thanks for listening. And I hope to hear from you. Bye-bye.